John chapter 21 and we read from the verse number 15. John 21 verse 15. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, When thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee, whither thou wouldest not. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, Follow me. Then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved following, which also leaned in his breast at supper, and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? Jesus saith unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Amen. We know that God will add his own blessing to the reading of his inspired and infallible word. Let us have a word of prayer. Lord, we come to you in the name of our Saviour. We thank you for your grace, your goodness, your mercy. We thank you that tonight we are found in your house to worship thee. And we pray that thou wouldest receive of our thanks for all of your goodness and your love and your tenderness and your kindness. And we thank you for the love of God that's greater far than tongue or pen could ever tell. And as we come to you, we thank you that tonight we are found in your house at the place of prayer. As we come to consider your word for these few moments and then get down before thee, we pray you would pour out the spirit of prayer and supplication upon us. Father, I pray that you would bless these words to every heart for Christ's sake. Amen and amen. If you look at verse 19 of John chapter 21, you will see the words at the very end, follow me. And then in the verse 22, the Lord repeats this to Peter, follow thou me. Of all of the disciples, I suppose Simon Peter is the most interesting. He's the most colourful. We know so much about Peter that we don't know about the others. And that is because Peter was the unofficial leader amongst the disciples. If the Lord asked a question, he was always the first to speak. If the Lord required a response, he was always the first to respond. Peter had that impetuous streak, but yet he had the spirit of a leader within him as well. And that is the reason why we know so much about him. And because we know so much about him, he becomes very interesting. He becomes real man, real flesh and blood. And there's so much that we can learn from this man. And what I want to do just briefly before we come to prayer, and I think it's appropriate as we come to the gospel mission, what is just to reflect upon these words, follow me. And I want us to reflect upon these words in the light of Peter's life because it was not the act of a moment or the decision of a moment that brought Peter to the place where he would follow the Lord. 
This was as a result of the Lord working hard upon Peter's life for years until finally he heard these words and he was brought to a place of surrender. And God is constantly working upon our hearts. We are all very much a work in progress and he's constantly working upon our hearts, preparing us, equipping us for the future. And he's constantly saying to us, follow me. And where we have followed in the past, we need to follow him increasingly in the future. So let's just think of God's providences and God's work in the life of Peter and see what we can learn from that. The first instant where Peter is called to follow the Lord actually took place three years before this incident. If you come with me to Matthew chapter 4 and the verse 18. And here we have Peter called from his ships. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. This was... Peter's moment of conversion. This was the time when he, he came to the Lord and when he was called to follow the Lord. Of course, with that other incident where Andrew went looking for Peter and brought him, but this was a decisive moment in the life of Peter whenever he got this call to follow the Lord. And the Lord didn't just call him to be, in our modern terminology, a Christian. The Lord didn't just call him to sit in a pew. He called him to follow. And this involved a life of sacrifice because the Lord called him away from his ships and away from his nets and away from the, the family business and away from Galilee. And he said, I want you to follow me. It's a life of obedience. And that's exactly what it means to be a Christian. It means to follow the Lord. It means to be a disciple. And there is always a cost attached to discipleship. The Lord would talk to the disciples constantly about this cost. He would tell them to take up the cross and follow me. If any man put his hand to the plough and turns back, he's not fit for the kingdom of God. There needs to be that determination. There needs to be that willingness to to bear the burden. There needs to be that willingness to obey, even if it costs us to obey. Follow me. And Peter knew something of this price here because straightway he left the net and he followed him along with uh, Andrew and indeed along with James and John, who would come later. And along with Matthew, who would leave the tax collecting behind. These men, they left their lifestyles behind to follow the Lord. The Lord called them to be disciples and that's exactly what we have been called to be disciples and the cost in your life will be different from the cost in my life and what the lord may call you to leave behind may be different from what he calls me to leave behind but nevertheless there is the discipline of the disciple and the word disciple you see the word discipline there the discipline of following the savior peter showed that readiness to follow the lord here but yet the work wasn't complete. And we should never be at a stage in our life where we think the work of God in our lives is complete. 
because there needs to be that deeper walk with the Lord. And Peter would spend the next three years learning about the importance of that deeper walk. He was called from his ships. But then if you come with me to Matthew chapter 14, you will notice he was called in the sea. Matthew chapter 14. We all know this story. The Lord goes up to pray. The disciples were in the ship. The ship was tossed about with waves. These men who were used with the sea, these men who knew the perils of the sea, these men who were accustomed to fishing in the sea were terrified. It must have been a mighty fierce storm. And then the Lord came walking upon the waves towards them. And they were terrified when they saw this figure walking upon the waves. Why would they not have been? I think we would have been terrified too. They cried out for fear in verse 26. And then the Lord said, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter was the first to recognize that it was the Lord. It shows you a spiritual sensitivity. We're so quick and ready to criticize Peter here because he took his eyes of the Lord and he sank into the waves, but he was the first to see it was the Lord. Even John didn't recognize it was the Lord. Peter was the first. And he said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee in the water. And the Lord said, Come, he was called. He was called in the sea. He was called to throw his leg over the side of that boat and come walking to the Saviour. Here was a man who couldn't swim. And there was a storm. And he was going to put all his trust in Jesus Christ to walk across those waves. To defy all of the laws of nature and walk on water to Jesus. That's what Peter was called to do. The Lord said, come. And yes, we may criticise all we like, Peter, for becoming afraid and taking his eyes of the Lord and sinking into the waters. But let's admire his courage. He actually did something here. He actually did something. And we would not be talking about Peter here and how the Lord reached down his hand and pulled him up and brought him into the boat to teach us all this wonderful lesson. If it wasn't for the fact he was a great man of courage, Peter was being taught a lesson. He was called in the sea. At times the Lord does call us to leave our comfort zones behind. He calls us to have courage. He calls us to come to him where he is that we might know the closeness of his presence. And yet Peter would learn something, even though he had that courage, that tremendous courage, yet still his faith failed. At our very best, our faith fails. But the Lord is there to pluck us up. Lesson learned. That's a lesson we all need to learn. He was called from his ships. He was called in the sea. He was called from his sin. Let's come to Mark chapter 16 now. Mark chapter 16 and the verse 7 has got to be one of the most beautiful verses in the Bible. It certainly marked a turning point in the life and ministry of Peter. But go your way, tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him, as he said unto you. And we know why the Lord said to the woman through the angel, Tell the disciples and Peter that the Lord is alive. Because Peter had failed the Lord. He had failed the Lord. All of his courage, all of his boldness, all of his great intentions, he had it all in abundance. But when under pressure in the high priest's house, he, he denied the Lord with those in curses. When the Lord looked upon him, he went out and he wept bitterly and he spent the next three days in 
turmoil and pain and grief because he had failed the Lord. Peter thought his ministry was over. The Lord had died on that cross and he was not there. In later life he would say he was an eyewitness of the sufferings of the Lord. I have this picture of the Lord, Peter standing away back in the shadows as the mob around the Lord were jeering him and cursing him. Peter was there, tears running down his face. I failed him. I failed the Lord. Can we get a sense of that? How Peter felt during those days? He failed the Lord. And you know, it's true of us all. We do fail the Lord. We aren't what we ought to be. At times our courage gives in. Peter was a broken and humiliated man. But this was a step along the way in making the man of God. And the Lord at times allows us to fail. He allows us to be broken. And he allows us to be humiliated. That we might be brought to the place where he will use us. Sometimes he has to show us that we're nobody. Before we can learn to be somebody. Peter was broken and humiliated and yet he heard these words. Who did he hear them from? He heard them from the woman. He didn't hear them from John or he didn't hear them from James. He heard them from the woman. Because they were the first who came to that tomb very early in the morning. The men were not going. They were terrified. They were shut in the house. They were scared stiff in case they'd be taken and they'd be crucified the same as the Savior. But the woman, they came. And the women were told to go and tell the man of God that the Lord's interested in him. That too was a very unusual thing. Because the Roman world had women in the lowest place imaginable. But Christianity elevated the woman. And Peter learned that lesson too. As he heard those words of sweet grace. The Lord loves you Peter and he cares for you. And when we fail the Lord, let's always remember. The Lord doesn't want us to remain in our backslidden state. And Peter was backslidden. We talk about following. We're told he followed afar off. But the Lord doesn't want us to remain there. He's calling us to come near to him. And thank God our names are always on his heart. And then he was called from the shore. And this is where we come to John chapter 21 now. And I think there's two callings of the Lord here in John chapter 21. The first one is, he is called from the shore. Let's just think about it just for a moment. The disciples have gone back to the fishing. Why exactly have they gone back to the fishing? Well, they had invested so much time in following the Lord and now the Lord had come and the Lord had died and he was crucified and now he only appeared to them sporadically at times and soon he would be taken up into glory and they just didn't know what the future held. So they went back to work, they went back to the ships, they went back to the boats, they went back to the nets. But on this night they fished and they caught nothing. And if you look at verse 4, we read, The morning was come, Jesus stood on the shore. The disciples didn't know it was Jesus. And Jesus said in verse 5, Have you any meat? Have you caught any fish? See how the Lord was so interested in their practical needs. They said no. And then he said, Try the other side of the boat. And as they tried the other side of the boat, 
They couldn't draw the net in because there were so many fish. And the disciple whom Jesus loved in verse 7, that is John, he said it was the Lord. And whenever Peter heard it was the Lord, he got so excited, he just threw himself into the sea and went splashing to the shore to be where Jesus was. He heard the voice of the Lord. And as he heard the voice of the Lord standing upon the shore, he left the boat, as he left the boat all of those years before, that he might be near to Christ. He sensed, I believe, God's great purpose for him. He sensed, I believe, that God has something special for him. And so this was the moment when he would leave the boats behind forever to follow Jesus. Oh, how we need a sense of God's great purpose. You know, the omnipotent Saviour knew where the fish were. He, he knew how to catch the fish. He knew what was lurking below the waves. He knew it all. Peter realised that. And here was the man who would go out and preach to thousands and win thousands. The man who had failed. The man who had the courage. But the greatest of human courage would fail. The man who had faith. But his faith failed. The man who denied the Lord with those in curses. But he wept those bitter tears of repentance and here he was casting himself down at the feet of Jesus because he knew that Jesus had a purpose for him. And so it is for us. God has a purpose, a wonderful purpose, a marvellous purpose. But then he was called to surrender. This is the last thing we see here. He was called to surrender. And now we come to this passage that we've read together. I'm not going to get into all of the detail of this passage tonight. I've preached on it before. But I just want to show you here how the Lord brought Peter back to the place where he was three and a half years earlier. And he said in verse 19, follow me, follow me. It hasn't changed, Peter. My plan for you hasn't changed. We have come through difficult times. You've been in the waves and you've been in the water and you've let me down. But here I am, Peter. Follow me. But on this occasion, Peter knew what surrender was. He knew that there was a price, but he was willing to pay the price. He knew that he needed to be wholly committed to the man from Galilee. Follow me. And... The Lord, you see, in this passage, he brought Peter to that place where Peter would say, Lord, I love you. You know, you have this wonderful interchange of words from verses 15 to 16. The Lord said, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I know that I love thee. Verse 16, Simon, do you love me? Yea, Lord, I know that I love thee. And Peter grieved, he said in verse 17. Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Came from a pure heart. Sincerity. Lord probed him, questioned him, questioned him. Lord, I, I love you. I love you more than anything, Lord. I'll give me all for you. And the Lord said, follow me. Peter had been to Calvary. He had been to the cross. He had seen Jesus dying there. And he had failed Jesus so much and now... He was never going to fail him again. That doesn't mean that he didn't fail him again. I'm sure he did, but he was a different man. And when you think of 
Peter's sheer humanity, looking at John and saying in verse 21, what, what's John going to do? And the Lord said, that's none of your business. You follow me. And remember what the Lord said to Peter in verse 18. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. One day, Peter, your hands are going to be stretched out. You're going to die. You're going to be crucified just like me. You're going to die my death. You're going to take up the cross quite literally and follow me. I can see Peter as an old man. I can see the Romans taking him and nailing his hands and feet. He didn't deny the Lord with those and curses then. He didn't make the same mistakes that he made in earlier life. He followed the Lord all the way. Wholly committed. Follow me. May the Lord give us the courage and the strength and the grace to follow Christ all the way. Because after all, he gave it all for us. May the Lord bless these few thoughts to your heart and to your soul tonight.